What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey folks, today's show is brought to you in part by Omaha Steaks. Make home your favorite new restaurant this winter with Omaha Steaks delivered straight to your door. Have you ever wondered what makes Omaha Steaks so good? I think about this all the time. Well, here's the answer for you. It's the aging process. Omaha Steaks are aged at least 21 days. That's where the magic happens. Try these mouth-watering steaks in the Butcher's Best Sellers package. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter the promo code VOICES into the search bar to save over 50% and secure exclusive pricing just for you. Included in the Butcher's Best Sellers package are four iconic fork tender Butcher's Cut Filet Mignons, four ultra juicy burgers, four savory pork chops, four kielbasa sausages, four rich and decadent caramel apple tartlets, my favorite thing in the world, and so much more. In addition to getting more than 50% off, you also get four more chicken breasts and four more of those delicious burgers for free. All you have to do is visit omahasteaks.com, type voices in the search bar to order the Butcher's Best Sellers package today. Save over 50% plus get four free chicken breasts and four burgers, all from the company that's been bringing people together for over 100 years. That's omahasteaks.com, type voices in the search bar. And now let the cartoons begin. Recorded live in the USA, covering the whole wide world. Right on! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Status report. Known super criminals not currently in prison. The Penguin. That pompous, waddling master of foul play, maestro of a million criminal umbrellas. The Joker. Devilish clown prince of crime. Or if I only had a nickel for every time he's baffled us. What, the riddler loose too? So it seems. Loose to plague us with his criminal conundrums. Gosh, and the cat woman. End of status report. Could be any one of them, but which ones? Pretty fishy what happened to me on that ladder. You mean, but there's a fish that could be a penguin. But wait, it happened at sea. See? See for cat woman. Got an exploding <laughs> shark. Was pulling my leg. The Joker. All adds up to a sinister riddle. Riddle-er. Riddler? thought strikes me. So dreadful, I scarcely dare give it utterance. The four of them. Their forces combine. Holy nightmare, Batman. Could it be? I don't know. But I think I know where to find a clue. Come on, Robin. To the Batcave. We haven't one moment to lose. Bob Seska. Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. I know uh, some of you think that there was a scene from the uh, Batman 1966 movie. That was Department of Justice right now talking about the insurrection. 
Except for the <laughs> except for the exploding shark part. But I don't recall seeing an exploding shark during the insurrection. So at least there's that. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, March 18, 2021, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, my name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 58 of the Biden-Harris administration, 599 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram uh, at the Bob Seska and on Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go. Oh, and look, here they come. It's my very own Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, everyone's going to complain that I'm using the Avengers music with the Justice League. Yeah, Bob, but you're going to get mail. You're going to get mail. I know, but you can never out-nerd me. Ever, ever, <laughs> ever. I am the king of all nerds. All right. Speaking of nerds, it is Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, from the bunker.com, also at sexyliberal.com, along with all of the other Sexy Liberal Podcast Network programs, all of your favorites. It is your podcasting superstation, of course, and David T. Rex Ferguson from the T. Rex Report podcast, patreon.com slash T. Rex Report, also astralsummer.bandcamp.com for all of his music. Okay, Goth Ninja, so much to talk hey. about today. Yeah, hi. I got to say, though, if there had been an exploding shark at the insurrection, Ron Johnson wouldn't have been scared of it because it wasn't black. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. America needs to laugh. They, they should have brought an exploding shark to the insurrection. My <laughs> God. What kind of supervillains are these people? Jesus. Well, speaking of supervillains, Vladimir Putin, has uh, his head has flown over Alaska. What was it that Sarah Palin said about uh, Vladimir Putin about his... Oh, yeah, he was... She could see his... She could see him from her house, but his head was looming over... (laughs) Rearing his ugly head. head or some uh, some crap like that. Did you you almost... Did you just censor... You know you can say shit on this show, Jody. I I just... It's a habit. I know. You, you heard, <laughs> this is why I've yet to be dumped on Stephanie's show. That's oh my god! You've never been dumped on Stephanie Miller's no, show. I Holy haven't. shit! Well, we have to remedy that. <laughs> I haven't even been. <laughs> Stephanie's like, Stephanie shut up, show. shut up! Don't encourage her, Bob. But uh, it seems like that's like a rite of passage now. I mean, hell, Kimberly got her two swears in right away. Immediately. Like, I mean, good God, that woman, then that potty mouth that she has. Yeah, such a such a dirty, dirty mouth. She, that's what you love about her in the fridge. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. A dirty mouth in the refrigerator. That's me. <laughs> Nothing turns me on more. Uh, okay, so Vlad- what were you we talking about? Vladimir Putin, Sarah Palin, right. something about there his head, go. Alaska, something in the... <laughs> In space, I'm not sure. But uh, in all seriousness, Putin actually threatened Joe Biden today. Did you hear this? Yeah. Putin responded to Biden after the president uh, called the Russian president a killer. And then Putin said, I wish you good health. Yeah. That from Vladimir Putin, a guy who's poisoned guys with polonium. Yeah, I would take that pretty seriously. I would take that as a threat against the president. And uh, Vladimir Putin doesn't seem like the funny man, doesn't seem like the jokester to me. It's not like he's kidding around. Not like, hey, we should call him Shecky or something because he's so funny. But that's not a joke. Surely our hackers are as good as theirs. I I don't understand why we, like the U.S. isn't waging mayhem on their cyber infrastructure. Or maybe they are and we just don't know about it. We are. We are. Remember Barack Obama, right before he left office, said that he has deployed 
uh, or embedded little things in their infrastructure ready to be triggered if they screw around again. And of course, I'm sure Donald Trump dismantled all of that shit, Mm -hmm. rolled all of that back. And I hope that Joe Biden is redeploying it. But of course, he probably is, given what Joe Biden has said this week. He said uh, he promised that Putin is going to pay a price for his efforts to undermine the 2020 election. This is uh, following the ODNI report, which we're going to talk about here in just a second. When asked what the consequences would be, Biden replied, you'll see shortly. (laughs) He's about to go through some things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's another one of these. I'm just, I'm so glad that we have a president now who is going to call Putin on his shit. And remember that Putin ultimately, I mean, apart from how sinister he is and the active measures that he's deployed against the United States, remember Putin is in a very weak position. His economy sucks. He has really nothing to hang his hat on other than the fact that he's been able to steal all these elections and remain in power for so long. So he is a very vulnerable guy, and this is all he has left in terms of Mm -hmm. his aggression toward the United States. But this ODNI report was so revealing on so many levels, and you can kind of weave this into some other items in the news, including... What happened in your home state there, uh, David, on Tuesday with yeah. these uh, – what are obvious to me is yeah, being actually, hate crimes. Can I just get really serious for a second and yeah. say to any of our listeners who are Asian American or of Asian descent or who have Asian American or Asian descent people in their families, yeah. uh, we see you. Uh, I love you. I'm sorry this is happening. It hurts yeah. to see yeah. our country be so fucking racist mm-hmm. about everything. I mean it's always like – Huh, why is this thing weird about America? Oh, racism. Yeah. You know, but it just, you know, there's been kind of an erasure of Asian people as people of color because mm-hmm. we talk about people and we talk about brown and black people. We don't include Asians as much, but we don't think about like, you know, with, I think most Americans have this concept of Asians as like, uh, like crazy rich Asians. You know, they don't understand that there are, you know, lots and lots of Asian people here living in poverty. Yeah. Uh, in deplorable working conditions and, you know, I just feel like, uh, and that fucking sheriff who's just, well, he had a bad day and this is what happened. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to go kill some people whose lives don't matter to me because they're different. I mean, it just. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. And it's systemic, David. It, this is not just uh, hillbillies with their white hoods and their burning crosses. This, these are people who are now in control of giant sections of the American government and the American media as well. If you roll in people like Tucker Carlson, who is one of the most racist motherfuckers to ever step foot on television. I mean, bar none mm-hmm. in the history of television. Tucker is right up there as one of the most racist. I was thinking about this the other day, uh, especially after John Oliver's report. Uh, Sunday night is that it doesn't matter whether it's genuine because on one hand Tucker Carlson is an empty vessel and his producers are injecting whatever nonsense racist awfulness into his His mouth children producers I don't know if you saw that when (laughs) he was like most of the people who work on this show who are kids he said (laughs) what he was when he talked about he had a 
a thing he did. It was on John Oliver. If you watched it on Sunday, yeah, I watched where that. Where Tucker I, was like mm-hmm. talking about when his staff was when he was you know we had only been in the air for six months. <laughs> we were accused of being white supremacists, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever that means, right? Yeah. Most of the people who work on this show who were kids, and that's when John Oliver is like, "I'm sorry, you little." Dirty rascals, but <laughs> and then you had to be involved in this. But uh, yeah. yeah, well, it's uh, it's all now being legitimized by these figures who are extraordinarily prominent. Obviously, Donald Trump and all of his disciples, and Tucker Carlson, and all the rest of it. All of AM talk radio is now repeating this nonsense, and it all stems from really patient zero in the rise of for lack of a better term, what I would consider to be public racism. You know, where before you had the Lee Atwater thing, where everything was disguised behind dog whistles and very subtle, right. still recognizable to those who are paying attention, but quite subtle. See, that got a little too complicated to process for the base. There. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, when you, most of your voters have the IQ of potatoes, um, you can't, <laughs> That's right. you can't be subtle. But now it's just out there. They're just letting their racist flag fly. And we're seeing the consequences of that now where they feel like, okay, well, we can do this shit out in the open now because Donald Trump was president to the point where during the Capitol insurrection, for example, most of them weren't even wearing masks. I mean, historically, even going back to the post-Reconstruction Jim Crow era, they would wear masks they had the sense because to cover their faces. Yeah, they would wear the hoods because they were ashamed to be seen, their identities exposed, and so on. And then there was a a fear aspect to those costumes as well. But mainly, it was about disguising their faces so they could still go to church on Sunday and not be seen as uh, sinister or evil. But the fact is that now they don't need that crap. They were out there with their faces exposed and they during the insurrection. It's one of the reasons why so many of them have been able to be picked up because, you know, the, like, there was the one guy with the giant beard and the, what, what was it, the Auschwitz T-shirt that he was wearing? Mm-hmm. The face entirely exposed. They don't care. They're proud of their racism. <laughs> they think now that they're, they're their own uh, subculture and they yeah. feel like they deserve respect or something. We are who we are and go fuck yourself if you don't like it. And so that's, I think, manifesting itself in all of this anti-Asian crime, all these anti-Asian hate crimes that we've been seeing over the past uh, several months, of course, uh, culminating in what happened in Atlanta on Tuesday. But there's also this other element of uh, what Donald Trump has incited. And I think you can draw a direct line from the things that Donald Trump has said, over, especially over the past year, if not the past four years, and these crimes like what happened in Georgia on Tuesday. So, for example, you have obviously the COVID dimension where Donald Trump, in order to defend himself against being blamed for his incompetence and allowing this to reach 500,000 deaths, uh, calling the virus the China virus, trying to get that Mm -hmm. to stick, blaming China for it when they sent it over from China. I mean, he actually has been saying when they sent us the virus from China. You know, as if China just said, here, America, here's this virus. Take it. and Sign, seal, deliver it. Go it's fuck yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's that element to it, where he's blaming the pandemic entirely on China. And, of course, his red hat followers are going, yes, of course, it is China. China virus. China, China, China. China. And then uh, on top of that. There was this ODNI report, and you're asking yourself, well, how the, how the hell am I segueing the ODNI report with all of these anti-Asian hate crimes? Well, we also know 
that the Trump administration, including Trump himself, including Bill Barr, including John Ratcliffe, including Robert O'Brien, all of these characters inside the Trump administration, I just named his attorney general, his national security advisor, Trump himself, all of these top level characters inside the Trump administration were saying throughout the election that China was helping Joe Biden win. China was in the process of active measures against the United States to influence the election. And according to this ODNI report, no. China didn't do a goddamn thing. China sat this one out. They talked about it a little bit, apparently, according to the uh, intelligence community, but they didn't do anything. It was Russia. It was Iran. It was several other smaller countries that tried to, I think Venezuela was in there too, trying to deploy active measures against the United States. Again, this is Donald Trump and his administration, his former administration, targeting Asians and saying, you know, through this incendiary language about China, whether it's regarding the virus, the pandemic, or the election itself. So there it is, on top of an insurrection against the Capitol building, on top of the insurrections against the various uh, state government buildings a year ago, on top of the insurrection into that top secret skiff in the House of Representatives where the uh, uh, House Intelligence Committee was meeting and those uh, Republicans barged their way through those doors. All of those insurrections, we now have this... I mean, I keep saying it. We might be done with Donald Trump, but Donald Trump isn't done with us. And we see right. it manifesting itself in these anti-Asian hate crimes, uh, including uh, what happened in uh, in Georgia. Just utterly tragic. But there's another dimension to this uh, ODNI report that I want to mention. And it's by way, you know, I mentioned this uh, on Fugelsang's show on Wednesday night, but it bears repeating. There is something that is so utterly shameful about this report. And what I mean specifically about that is none of these active measures would have worked. None of these active measures, I think, would have been deployed if the American people, if a good percentage, maybe upwards of half of American voters, weren't such suckers who were entirely incapable of absorbing and digesting information. All of these countries, including some of these smaller countries, are like, oh my God, the United States is open for business. We can walk in and we can tell the American people what we want them to know, what we want them to do, and they will fucking do it because they are suckers. I'd, lo I'd love to know the Russian word for suckers. I'd love to know the Iranian word, the Persian <laughs> word for suckers, because those are the words that are getting bandied around inside the intelligence services of but those countries. Gen it's a generational divide in yeah. a lot of ways because I feel like kids today, the, the youth, as I like to call them, the are youth. like yep. very savvy mm -hmm. about what's trying to manipulate them and what's trying to advertise to them. And it really is when you look at the numbers <clears> of <throat> the people on social media who have been disinformation vectors, it's so many people over yeah. 65. Mm -hmm. So many people that just because they're like, they're used to like, if I read it in actual print, it must right. be true. Right. But, but that's so, not, like, I mean, that may be part of it. But there's also, I think, a younger demographic, all of these younger white men who compose groups like the Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys and the Oath Keepers and all these guys who are, you know, on Amazon.com buying tactical gear that they see advertised on Facebook and they're sharing yeah, all these things. I don't think it's I don't think it's exclusively a boomer thing. I think it's a, a younger no, but generation. I think thing those too. guys the media makes them look bigger than they are. Mm -hmm. And I know that from, you know, being in the media like yeah. But, like, you know, every time that 33 white supremacists show up for a public demonstration, you get, like, 300,000 counter-protesters. Mm -hmm. I feel like the vast majority of people in this country are not 
I mean, a lot. Everybody in the country carries subconscious racist biases that they're yeah. not aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. on the whole, the percentage of people who are willing to storm into the Capitol and be and shit and you know fire bear spray at cops is still vanishingly small. Well, um, let me throw this into the mix here and discussing who some of these people are who believe this Russian disinformation and so on, who are susceptible to all of this. Because there was one section of the ODNI report that was <laughs> that set off all kinds of alarm bells for me. And I'm referencing specifically Certain online influencers, people who seem Mm. to identify as part of the left, but who are actually being manipulated by Russian intelligence to uh, spread all of this disinformation about. And in this case, if it's coming from Russia, it's disinformation about Joe Biden, because it was the entire intent of Russia. Iran was looking to help Joe Biden. In fact, so that's right. how the balance of that works out. But you have to take into consideration the fact that Iran is pretty new to this. They don't have the sophisticated apparatus that uh, Russia has. So I think there was a big difference there. Nevertheless, according to this uh, report, let me read this one section here. Russian state media, trolls, and online proxies, including those directed by Russian intelligence, published disparaging content about President Biden, his family, and the Democratic Party, and heavily amplified related content circulating in the United States media, including stories centered on his son. This, of course, is a Hunter Biden laptop story. These influence actors frequently sought out U.S. contributors to increase their reach into U.S audiences. In addition to election-related content, these online influence actors also promoted conspiratorial narratives about COVID-19, made allegations of social media censorship, and highlighted U.S. divisions surrounding protests about racial justice. Then, influence actors sometimes sought to discourage U.S. left-leaning audiences from voting by suggesting that neither candidate was a preferable option. Does that sound familiar? I think it does. Mm-hmm. We've heard that all over certain uh, cliques on the left. At the same certain time... swimming pool socialists come to mind. <laughs> yes, thank you. That's a great way to put it. This one section about you know trying to say that both parties are the same, uh, U.S. left-leaning audiences being targeted, I still believe that there are a considerable number of left influencers who are uh, also involved in all of this, who are being paid to amplify certain things. And they may not even know it. That's the crazy thing about this, because there are lots of hops. There are lots of buffers, as they say in Godfather Part 2, where it could be some innocuous third-party organization or whatever that says, yeah, we have this money and we need to uh, uh, spread around our... uh, our reach a little bit here. We need to increase our visibility. So uh, let's hire some uh, influencers to say certain things to get people to pay attention to our whatever, our 538 or whatever the uh, uh, organization might be. But that money might be coming through several hops before it even gets to that organization, starting in Russia or some other you know, foreign intelligence service that needs to uh, inject itself into the American election. So don't just look at what's happening on AM talk radio or Breitbart or Fox News Channel or whatever Trump apparatchik appears on any of those formats. We also have to look at the left as well, because quite clearly, I mean, if, if I were doing it, if I was Vladimir Putin or if I was in charge of the Russian GRU and some of their affiliates, holy shit, I would be doing that. 
I would be, of course, I would be paying left-leaning influencers to help spread the message of too. Of course, because the whole idea is in it. The whole idea is chaos. The whole idea is, well, and that was one of the reasons why they love Donald Trump so much in Russia because it's the chaos that they want. They want the scrambling mm. of the democratic system to the point where it begins to uh, fall apart, where the uh, foundation of it begins to wobble. The whole idea is to say, well, this democracy thing, maybe not the best idea for you guys. And then we go, yeah, maybe it's not the best idea for us. <laughs> it is so discouraging to know how impressionable we are. And when I say we, I don't mean to generalize everybody, but I mean enough people to make a difference, enough people to make Q a thing, enough people to make Trump a thing yeah. to the point where he gets elected, where he goes through four years of fucking nightmare, a fucking disaster, 500,000 people dead going on 600,000, and he was able to increase his number of votes in his re-election yeah. campaign from his uh, <laughs> first election. My God, what the fuck does that say about us? That we can uh -huh. be manipulated to the point of giving Donald Trump even more votes than he had before after he was responsible for killing a large part of the you know nearly 600,000 people who have died from COVID. And that just begins to skim the surface of, uh, obviously, his long, long rap sheet of crimes, misdeeds, destruction, upending political institutions and so on. There's so many different things. Of course, through the ODNI report, there's still the added dimension that... Yeah, all the shit that was happening in 2016, for the most part, yep. I mean, there were a couple of things they didn't do in 2020, but it just continued on. It just, mm -hmm. no matter what happened, no matter the fact we that- We knew that. Yeah. You knew that. We've talked about it the whole time, that it's <laughs> ongoing. Oh, I yeah. Mean, we, yeah. That's ongoing and clear and present danger. Like, I mean, we've talked well, about it. Well, the thing that's different about this is it's actually Trump's DNI that had the report, and they held it. Yep. Excuse me. Mm. <coughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just- I'm You okay? Here. Do you need the high okay? <laughs> I'm fine. It's okay. It's fine. No. Little tab I just need to use my navage. Um, uh, no, I mean, it, that's what's interesting about it. And unfortunately, as far as I'm concerned, it's being underreported. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, God knows we got to talk about, you know, Major the Dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's right. a good boy. Yeah, all of that. Again, that's the kind of shit that gets amplified by, uh, you know, intelligence services like uh, the FSB and the GRU. That's what they love shit like that. When it comes down to a story like Dr. Seuss or Mr. Potato Head, this is the shit that they love to amplify because as long as the focus is on these culture war things, it's so funny how similar the approach by the Russian GRU is to the uh, the programmers at Fox News Channel. It's almost like they're symbiotic. Isn't that amazing how that happens? Isn't that isn't that weird how that happens? Well, don't you? I mean, I get the sense that it's sort of like one big pool of crooks when it comes to people like you know Rupert Murdoch and the yeah. Russian oligarchs and Rudy Giuliani and all those men that look like potatoes, um, Lev and Igor. Yeah. And, Konstantin Kalimnik. Oh, yeah. Kalimnik's all over this report, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so he was still heavily involved. Konstantin Kalimnik still heavily involved in the attack on the United States into the 2020 election, through and including the 2020 election. This was the guy that they were talking about as Manafort's man in Kiev during the 2016 election. This was the go-between between the Trump campaign, I'm talking about Kalimnik here. He was the go-between, the fixer between the Trump campaign and Oleg Deripaska. Oleg fucking Deripaska. 
Jesus Christ. I mean, right there, he might as well have a direct phone line to uh, Vladimir Putin's bathroom, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> Kushner was trying to set up a back-channel communication story yeah. to the Kremlin. I mean, yep, it's right. all been there in plain yeah. sight, and it just... Yeah, yeah. I mean, can you imagine how frustrating it is to be an intelligence anal- uh, analysis, uh, intelligence an analyst? analyst. analyst yes, yeah. that's the word. Analysisist. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but to just be like saying, yeah, once again, it's you know, Konstantin Kalinick, Oleg Deripaska. I know you've heard this before, but we're just going to underline it one more time because yep. we keep telling you. Maybe if we just keep repeating it enough, it will stick. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the only solution I can think of to all of this is maybe a solution we can get some Republicans to agree. Maybe we can get even Don Jr. to agree with this is you got to fucking regulate the social media companies. You got to add a layer of some kind of firewall there. So we don't have this constant influx of Russian bots and trolls, plus the people who and this is the real challenge. I mean, it's one thing to stop the Russian bots and trolls from infiltrating conversations inside the United States surrounding the election on social media. But it's another thing entirely. And this is, to me, one of the biggest challenges in all of this. How do we stop the flow of money into the hands of some domestic influencers? I mean, we're talking about small C Confederates of the Russian attackers Mm -hmm. who are helping Russia. And as I said before, they may not know or they may know it. But there's also a chance that they may not even realize it. How do we stop that flow of money and influence? Fucking senators. Yeah. You know, Ron Johnson is a Russian, I mean, basically, like, you know, he's Russia's butt plug at this yeah. point. I mean, he really just, like, <laughs> just There's gleefully. the title of the show, Russia's butt plug. Thank you, yes. Uh, of course it is. Of course it's the title of the show. How, how could it not be the title of the show now? <laughs> It drives me crazy. I mean, and but I mean, it's I mean, so much of Republican politics at this point is performance art. I mean, yeah. Yes. Ted Cruz wheezing and puffing his way through his Sam Kennison impression at CPAC. <laughs> yeah. Um, is the real Republican Party? They yeah. don't believe in governing. They don't. But they just want to troll. They want to make the liberals cry, and they want to do you know. And like Kevin McCarthy down at the border talking about Biden's inhumane policies toward immigrant children. I mean, if that isn't enough to make you want to put your head through a windshield. It's just I know. like, Jesus Christ. And have you ever noticed how much Kevin McCarthy and Matt Schlapp look alike? They, a little They're bit. Both they both have the, have the same the white kind hair. of petrified, poorly taxidermied koala look. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think just, Matt like, Schlapp looks a little bit more like the schmoo to me. And, and less like, <laughs> you remember the schmoo? Remember the cartoon schmoo? Oh, He's yeah. Just a, no, a white blob with whiskers. That's Matt Schlapp. So, so utterly white. That's what Matt Schlapp Do you guys is. get the same, like, super closeted vibe off of Schlapp that I do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he is just one diamond ring away from being a, Dal- a Dallas hairdresser. <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> well, you know, there is Poor that... Mercedes, you know, and she's just like one of those altos that mistakenly married the choir director, and she's just going to get bigger and well, bigger, uh, hey, and she doesn't get laid. Right. <laughs> I mean, you want a you good example of domestic influencers helping Russia... Fucking Matt Schlapp with Sinclair yeah. Media. All of these buy-ups of these local affiliates uh, yep. by Sinclair, and then they're shoehorning all of this pro-Trump, pro-Red Hat propaganda into their newscast. That's where the, the um, regulations need to come back, yeah. is, is the um, consolidation of all these media empires 
Yeah. And like I I just downloaded the sci-fi channel onto my Roku to watch Resident Alien, which is brilliant, (laughs) by the way. Um, And they go other networks. And obviously sci-fi is owned by Comcast because Mm -hmm. Comcast owns NBC. And so all these NBC affiliates come up and I'm like, oh, my God, so many channels are controlled by one company. And when it used to be you couldn't own X amount in a market as one owner. Yeah. And now it's no problem, and that's where we need to start breaking up these monopolies again. That mm. when they're doing something that that's their words and not the words of the anchors who are being forced to read this bullshit right. verbatim across the country. That's mm-hmm. fucking bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. And this is what sexy liberal is doing. I mean, the way, the best defense on these things is a good offense. It's to form counter coalitions yeah. Yeah. that are you know lean and aggressive and mm-hmm. will gather a following. I mean, that's you know it's part of community building. It's part of activism. Unfortunately, we don't really get checks from George Soros. No, yeah, we don't. yeah. mine have been so lost in the mail for so long. I know, and I, I'm keep I'm keeping mine as mementos. I've got the <laughs> an entire wall just papered with them. You say you wallpapered? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, they're they're only like three cents a piece. It's like getting royalty checks from a show that I did thirty years ago or something like that. Oh no, I get royalty checks from my sister's estate. Mm-hmm. So SAG sends them to me, and then I have to split them between myself, my little sister, and and. Carrie's fiance. Oh, you're talking about actual royalty checks. I was making yeah. it up about the sort of Oh no, checks. I do. Okay. And those those actual royalty checks I have to split. Yeah. That to the point where some of them are like, you know, 15 cents. It literally mm-hmm. costs them more to process the check and mail the check. That's the, it, uh, and then I get five cents that I have to then distribute the other five cents to each other person yeah. respectively. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's talk about the after party. Every Friday, Kimberly Johnson and I record a fourth podcast, but this one is totally different from the usual Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday shows. The Friday After Party podcast is loaded with all the politics you want while including uncensored, completely obscene conversations about sex, drugs, movies, television, our personal lives, all the crap we can't get away with on the free show. So please help support this podcast by subscribing to our Friday After Party podcast for just $10 per month. And you'll also get two postmortem shows every week included in that level of support. That's bobseskashow.com or just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. Directly from the Enchantment Under the Sea dance from 1955, going way back. I'm joking, of course. This is uh, it's got that feel, though. I love it. It really does. I hate you, just kidding. My favorite band name in the whole world. I hate you, just kidding. And this is a song called Dreaming from their Constellations album. And of course, the website address, I hate you, just kidding.com. Very easy to remember. Links in the description, of course, at bobseska.com. BobSeska.com slash music if you want to submit your stuff to the show. Please do that. Thank you so much in advance. Uh, okay, let's see what else. Here we are on the uh, Thursday show uh, titled Russia's Butt Plug. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Republican state attorneys general are suing to strip out chunks of the American rescue yeah. plan. Russia, uh, Repu- uh, Russians. See Russia. down there. That's actually, that's apt. <laughs> Republicans. Republicans, yes, I meant to say, but of course I could say Russians too. That makes sense. Uh, Republicans on the wrong side of history. Once again, uh, the attorneys general take issue with a $350 billion pot of money set aside under the stimulus known as the American Rescue Plan to help cash-strapped cities, counties, right. and states pay for the costs of the pandemic. Uh, Republicans hate this. Congressional lawmakers opted to restrict states from tapping these federal dollars to finance local tax cuts. So here's the thing. Uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats say, here's $350 billion, states and and local uh, governments. Here, you can have this money to help with the COVID relief effort, Mm -hmm. but you can't use it to finance tax cuts. And Republicans are like, what the fuck? (laughs) No, we want to pay for tax cuts with this money. So they're suing the law. Attorney General from uh, Arizona, Georgia, West Virginia, 18 other states called on the Biden administration to make it clear that they can proceed with some of their plans to cut taxes. In in, uh, the 70s, when President Carter mandated that if you want federal funding for your highways, you have to bring your speed limit down to 55 miles an hour Mm -hmm. on federal highways, not state highways, but federal highways. Now, his reasoning is the precedent that could the government that the feds could say is is what we should go by that but i don't know if they have a good valid argument because that would fall under commerce and interstate yeah travel and so yes the feds can control that but when it's state run mm-hmm. I, unless those companies um you know do business in other states yeah you know especially if they give it to companies and not just humans mm-hmm. but say they give it to the Koch brothers or they give it to you know the Walton family for Walmart well they do business in other states so that could be the argument that no you can't give a tax break to the Walton family due to the fact that they do business countrywide yeah so it, I think that that's really fucked up see I did it um <laughs> <clears throat> I remember how to swear. Yes. Um, awesome. I think that it's really fucked up that any state would consider not helping local municipalities. Their police department, they're defunding the police at that point. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and fixing the roads that need fixing and, and, and housing homeless people, hopefully, and feeding people that and, and keeping restaurants closed so that they can, you know, stay safe. I just do not understand this. So utterly tone deaf. They have no idea what they're talking about here. We're talking about. Uh, the pandemic's been going on for a fucking year now. There are nearly mm-hmm. 600,000 people dead, and it's mm-hmm. p- part of the problem is because there's a lack of coordination, and there has been a lack of coordination between mm-hmm. the states and the federal government. And so now uh, Biden administration comes along and says, here's $350 billion fucking dollars. I mean, that's one-third the price tag of the entire 2009 Barack Obama stimulus bill. <clears throat> and it's, that's a pile of fucking money. And now they're going, well, we're going to use it. We're not going to use this for the covid i mean why what this pandemic what is this how do you even spell that yeah yeah what pandemic we're going to use this for tax cuts and this works so well yes of course trickle down they really are clinging to that trickle down thing aren't they they really (laughs) golden shower theory of economics (laughs) yeah exactly I yeah. just, I, you know, I just, it just fills me with incoherent rage, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, me too. It's, it's like, what is your actual problem? Yeah. People need help. The mm-hmm. whole reason this has been such a problem is because you assholes were dragging behind the scientific curve with your superstitious, god awful nonsense. Yep. And you're still trying to do, you know, I was on my way back from getting my shot yesterday, and I was thinking, I was oh, so- that's right, you got vaccinated. Yes, congratulations. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you. But my, I was like, my, imagine if the Trump administration was still in charge of this, mm-hmm. we wouldn't yeah. be getting vaccinated no. for months. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I think the, the these, what is it, 21 states? Uh, uh, 18, uh, I think it's 18 states. Oh, no, 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 18, you're right. Yeah. 18, 19, 22. Yeah, 21. You're exactly right. Yep. So um, I think what they are terrified of yep. is this working. Yeah. And actually exactly. people seeing in their neighborhoods and in their, in their counties and in their states, look, the roads got fixed after this past year. Look, mm-hmm. you know, this is working that way. Look, that's what they're I terrified that. Yeah. 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 I got a job. I didn't lose my job. Thank you. American airlines for not firing 13,000 people because of this. Um, they're going to see that government can work unlike what Reagan said yeah and this this is what terrifies them because if this works guess what they will never get elected again hr1 beside the point people will go no even republicans will be like "Uh -uh uh-uh you wanted to do what and look at what i oh my god they they would take the 1400 dollars checks away from their constituents if they could yep yep and in fact they're going heavy on all of the Mm -hmm. culture war shit partly because they Mm -hmm. realize that Uh, middle to lower income families are going to be getting a guaranteed monthly income. $300 per child Mm -hmm. in a check every month from the federal government for at least a That's year. That's what they can't stand. And that is, like, oh yeah, my God. They're terrified of that. So it's like, oh, look over here, Mr. Potato Head, and look at the, what Dr. Seuss is doing. Oh, holy shit, the Muppets. And that's how they get these fucking suckers who watch Fox News show. They're like, oh God, yes, we don't want the Democrats in control any longer because, you know, the Muppets. It's like, oh shit, what yeah. the fuck is wrong with you people? Well, meanwhile, um, this is one of the things that needs to happen before any further legislation is proposed. And there's a bunch of stuff teed up in the house right now to go over to the Senate side and get approved there too. But before that ever happens, God damn it. They need to reform the filibuster. And if they do Joe Biden uh, on ABC news with George Stephanopoulos said that, yeah, he totally supports reforming the filibuster, especially after McConnell threatened to go quote unquote scorched earth. If Democrats Uh move all legislation to a simple majority in the Senate, he said, I don't think that you have to eliminate the filibuster. Biden said, Mm -hmm. adding, that he preferred to a return to the talking filibuster, uh, and we all know what that is, it's getting to the point where, you know, democracy is having a hard time functioning, and that's absolutely mm-hmm. fucking right. There's another way, that, besides a talking filibuster, instead of the majority needing to get 10, you know, from the minority to vote for it, yeah. how about the minority have to get the 40 votes? Right, yeah. Instead of, instead of the majority having to get 60 votes, okay, great, you mm-hmm. get 40 votes. Right, right. Because they sometimes don't have 40 votes. They have 35 votes. They have 36 votes. They have 32 votes. They don't have 40 votes. But mm-hmm. the Democrats or whoever's in charge doesn't have the 60. So that's another way. Flip it that side. Minority, you want to stop this? Get 40 votes. Yeah. And also, you have to be on the fucking floor of the chamber. Talking. And yeah. it has to be about the bill. Not yeah, the yeah. fucking green phone book. Not green eggs and ham. Not, not you know, whatever. The dictionary from A to Z. No, yeah. no, no. You have to literally argue your side and why you are opposed to this bill. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, Kimberly and I were talking about this right after we woke up. It gives you an impression, a little view Aww. into our relationship. Just as we wake up in the morning, hey, let's talk about the filibuster. We're still laying in bed. <laughs> Hair all fucked up and, you know, just like still groggy. And like, okay, it was about the filibuster. And then she, uh- she, she reminded me this morning about... All the different hurdles that Wendy Davis had to clear yes. in Texas during uh-huh. her filibuster. Remember the word germane became sort uh-huh. of a, a meme that night because she had to 
stay within a certain boundary with her filibuster Mm -hmm. in order to qualify as continuing on with the filibuster. And so they need to implement those rules. They need to be strict rules in terms of what is being discussed. Make sure there's no leaning, no bathroom Mm -hmm. breaks, none of that shit. Make them stand and talk. Okay, so you and Kimberly wake up speaking about the filibuster? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so two nights ago, I'm... Three nights ago, actually. It was Monday night. I'm asleep because that's what I'm doing. And I have this dream that I am on Sunset and La Cienega at this light. Yeah. And I'm in a car. I'm in the passenger side. And this van pulls up, right? And they kind of block the the way for my car to move forward. Yeah. And these two guys... In your dream. In my dream, right? And these two guys jump out of their van. I think it was a VW bus. They jump out of their van. And they start singing a song called Filibuster. (laughs) (laughs) Filibuster. And they're literally. I don't know, but they're literally filibustering me moving forward in my car by singing a song called Filibuster. (laughs) Okay, it's time for a vacation, Jody. So they're (laughs) they're literally. They were literally filibustering me in my car. That's right. They were filibustering you in your car, making sure that you couldn't proceed. Move forward, and, and they were singing a song called Filibuster. Oh my God, that is so fucking cool. I wish I had a dream like that. <laughs> I woke up going, oh my God. A musical number. Yeah. I know, it was a total, mu- it was it was like out of the scene in La La Land where everybody just stops on the freeway and starts singing <laughs> for no apparent reason and it has nothing to do with the film. It's like, what? and I'm like, okay, I'm way marinating in this shit too much. That's so great. Now, Rocky Mountain Mike, or maybe even you, David, one of you guys got to create a filibuster song to go along with this story. That'd be so fucking great. We, the we filibuster song from Jody Hamilton's with dream. General Custer. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know, I wish I was having uh, filibuster dreams. You know what I'm having a lot of dreams about right now? I'm having not having your mask on. COVID mask anxiety. That's exactly yeah. fucking right. Where suddenly I'll be in a crowded shopping mall without a mask, and I'll be like, "Oh shit." I forgot my fucking mask. And it's like, oh, where I got to find a mask. And I'm looking all around trying to find a mask. No one else is wearing a mask either. And I'm like, oh my God, all these people aren't wearing masks. Holy fucking shit. And it's like this intense anxiety where it's just like a dream from childhood. Like I'm running from Godzilla or something like that. I'm trying to find a mask. It is the worst, worst, worst Sunday kind night, of dream to I have. Had the same, I, had the, I had this long dream about being in downtown Athens and like all the record stores were open and all my, you know, it's like seeing people and hugging people and, yeah. hey man. And then I got like into the car to, and went to take off my mask and realized I had not been wearing my mask. <laughs> oh, shit. And yeah. I was like, my vaccine appointment is on Wednesday and I got this closed and I've probably right. gotten infected and it just, yeah, I had a, I, I had a real life instance like that where, I hesitate to even tell this story because I don't like talking about stuff like this, but I always keep a little bit of cash in my car to give to homeless people on the street. Like if you're at a stoplight or something like that and they're there with a sign, I always like to have some cash for for them. And uh, so I went out to drop something off uh, at FedEx the other day and I'm on my way back and there's of course a a homeless guy at the uh, stoplight on my way home and the light has already turned green, but I want to give this guy some money. 
And mm-hmm. so I, I stop traffic basically in that lane. People are honking behind me and I, I start rolling down my window. I'm not wearing a mask and the homeless guy starts coming over and I'm like, oh shit, I don't have a mask on. So he's walking toward me and so I start rolling up the window again so I can grab my mask before I give him the money and then he thinks that I'm not actually going to give him money so he turns right. around and starts going back to the median <laughs> strip. So it was like this whole like Three Stooges routine that was going on with just me and this homeless guy at this intersection with a green fucking light and a line of traffic building up behind me. Oh, and also someone in the turn lane right next to me. So there was one whole lane that the guy had to traverse in order to get to my car. It was a fucking nightmare. No good deed goes unpunished. It was a mad scramble (laughs) to get my fucking mask before I gave that guy uh, some money. But I mean, that's... Okay, I have a totally unrelated story that has nothing to do with politics or anything, but it still cracks me up. It's horrible. But, like, so back in Atlanta in the day, in the 80s, there was a club called – it was the only punk rock club. It was called the Metroplex, and it was not uh-huh. in a good part of town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so my two goth girlfriends, uh, Kat and Lynn – of course her name was Kat. You know? Um, yeah. Like, Lynn drove this old granny shifter jalopy, and she always kept an ice pick, like, right where she could get to it just in case anybody ever tried to reach into the car or harm her or anything. And then one hot summer night – Somebody did. She and Kathy were sitting at the light, and this guy, like this junky guy, just comes up and reaches into the car. And so she instinctively grabs the ice pick and pins his arm to the inside door. Oh, my God. And he screams, and she screams and panics and stomps on the accelerator. Holy shit. dragging the guy. (laughs) Oh, my God. She's Batman. She's Catman. (laughs) Except Batman would panic and stomp on the accelerator because she didn't know what else to do. Holy shit. And they're like all three just like screaming, screaming, screaming. And then he just like fell off and he he was gone. And then they drove as fast as they could. Oh, my God. Holy shit, that's in, that's intense. They showed up at the club, like, blah, 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 like, just, sh- like so, you know. They show up at the club like, with the guy's arm hanging off the side of their car. <laughs> and it was a bloody hook. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> on that note, we shall uh, take a break here. And when we come back, Dan Bongino, holy shit. Talk about failing up. We're going to talk about that and more right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out. Unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Talking to myself and feeling old Sometimes I'd like to quit Nothing ever seems to fit Hanging around Nothing to do but frown Rainy days and Mondays always get me down 
just feel like I don't belong. Oh, yeah, the golden voice of Cece Grace covering the Carpenters oh, you're killing here. killing me. My mom used to sing me this song. Oh, my Love God. I oh love my the God. Carpenters. David, I'm sorry. This is Rainy Days and Mondays. The Carpenters uh, from uh, CC Grace is so far away. The songs of the 70s album. CCGrace.net. You want to support her music? She's going through a hard time right now, so send some good vibes out to uh, CC Grace, one of our voice. favorites here on the show. That's yeah, a great one cover. She's I'm going to download that. Yeah. 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 Oh, my just, God. Go yeah. get it. You know, I was a, a, a weepy kid, and my, I would cry. You're, you were a weepy kid. Are you serious? Really? I don't. Yeah, really? No. Yeah, and like my mom used to scoop me up when I would start crying and sing that to me until I would go. Oh man! See, my favorite Carpenter song is "Superstar." Yeah, and I love the Christmas. Oh my God, Luther Vandross's version of that is just like pure R and B, like Titan. I mean, just yeah. Oh my God, if you've never heard it, find it. It will make you weep. Oh, my God. Well, sending good vibes out to CC Grace. Uh, moving along here on the Thursday show, of course, Republicans on the wrong side of history again. Congress voted 413 to 12 to approve legislation awarding Capitol Police and other law enforcement with congressional gold medals for protecting Capitol on 1-6. All 12 no votes were, of course, Republicans. Womp, womp, womp. These fucking assholes. We're talking about Matt Gates, uh, comic books, <laughs> Modoc from the comic books, Modoc from the Marvel comics. Just one comic. of these days, he's going to be on the air, and suddenly a red light will start flashing, and a buzzer will go off, and his forehead will split open, and a nuclear missile will come out. <laughs> and like, <laughs> we are DEFCON 1. <laughs> You know, sorry, Congressman, you're a launch pad now, you know. And it'll be a nuclear missile the size of the one from Weird Science. You know, the one that appears and flashes (laughs) through the roof of the house. Yes, that one. Also, uh, Louis Gohmert voted against this. <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene voted against this. Shocking. Thomas Massey voted against this. Plus, uh, these are all people who would be stupid enough to vote in favor of cold sores. You know that, right? I mean, like, <laughs> my question <laughs> yeah, is to the FBI: Look into those twelve people. Perhaps they, because their problem was they didn't like the word insurrection. <laughs> yeah, right. Fuck them. Fuck them. There you go. Fuck them. <sighs> Fucking hell. Yeah. So also Biggs, Cloud, Clyde, Good, Gooden, Harris, Rose, and Stube all voted against it, rounding out those. Stube! No, <laughs> Don't be a Stube! Yeah. I, the yeah. Blue Lives Matter people are voting against, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Blue Lives getting uh, congressional medals. Oh, what a, what a shocker there. Uh, meanwhile, speaking I just of- want to strangle them until their tongues poke out and their faces start to turn cyanotic and be like, who's a Blue Life now? You know? <laughs> That's right. But meanwhile, speaking of giant bulbous foreheads, (laughs) guess who's replacing Rush Limbaugh in his time slot? Dan Bon... Yeah, fucking (laughs) fucking Dan Bongino. Dan Bongino is going to be the guy, and he's a fucking moron. Yeah. Um... Okay, this, as, as the Dowager Countess says, <laughs> this is not going to go well. Because, I mean, first of all, when are they going to, I mean, I guess it is kind of progressive of them to hire someone for whom English is the second language after Neanderthal. Yeah, no shit, yeah. Well, see, here's the, I mean, here's the craziest fucking thing about this. Yeah, Rush Limbaugh was an asshole, racist, uh, chaos agent, all the rest of it, all the negative pejoratives that you can possibly think of. You could apply those. He's a hell of a broadcaster. Yeah, one good broadcaster. 
broadcaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he knew how to actually speak in complete sentences. Dan Bongino, holy God. It's amazing how dumb this guy is. The dumbest of the dumb. You know why he blocks and mutes so many people? Because it's so easy to just steamroll him on Twitter. It's so easy and so much fun. He's one of the easiest people to troll, to poke, to get a rise out of. And he's going to (laughs) be three hours a day in that Rush Limbaugh slot. Cumulus Media's Westwood One is launching the Dan Bongino Show weekdays from 12 to 3. Rush Limbaugh's former time slot. Cumulus will air it um, on major stations and syndicate it to others. So, yeah, every mm-hmm. fucking station on the AM dial is going to be Dan Bongino for three hours in the afternoon. And guess what? We didn't need to talk about him in order for him to rise to this level. That's not a consequence of people paying attention, like us, I should say, to Dan Bongino. Dan Bongino... This is going to be such a train wreck, though. It may almost be worth listening to, because it's like, hmm, we couldn't get Godzilla, but we've got a chicken from the (laughs) farm down the road. That yeah. we can maybe sit, you know, like, uh, we'll well, get he, a shot. He already does a very popular <coughs> podcast. You know, he's in the top, whatever it is, top five, top ten in Apple politics <sighs> uh, among all news podcasts, too. I don't know if that's all legitimate in terms of all the downloads being actual people and not bots that he purchased. But still, it's very, very... Very, very popular, uh, the Dan Bongino show. And now he's now he's gone on fucking radio. But here's uh, one thing I wanted to add. Um, we were talking about Tucker Carlson at the top of the show and the John Oliver segment. John Oliver said something right at the top of that Tucker Carlson segment Sunday night that I stood up. You can ask Kimberly. I stood up and fucking cheered. I said, fuck yeah, listen to that. Because he said, You know, you might be wondering why I'm paying attention to Tucker Carlson. You might be thinking that I'm giving attention to Tucker Carlson and that that's going to increase his visibility and so on. And John Oliver said, no, it's not that. He's already famous. He's already popular. He's got the number one fucking show on many nights on all of cable. He is one of the most recognizable people in the entire news media going back decades. So nothing, you know, nothing that I mean, we say, gosh. nothing that we say about Tucker Carlson by way of calling him a fucking racist pissant is going to increase Tucker Carlson's Q score at all. It's not going to give him additional oxygen that's going to make him even famouser. He's going to be, he's already right. famous is what John Oliver was getting at. So I felt a little bit vindicated when I heard him Those say that. archive clips, though, it's like, God, you have always been the same chinless fat fuck, haven't you? I mean, just the same petulant little ass mouth, you know? Yeah. if you I mean, just, oh, God. The fucking frat boy haircut and the bow ties that he finally gave up at some point. Yeah. Yeah, when yeah. you realized that they were like, you know, just, they were so teeny know, tiny control. though, weren't they? Were we, <laughs> the nose, right. That John first Oliver, one was. He was still yeah. working on the look at that point, and right. his face was awfully big, like, puffy, barn sized. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Tucker Carlson had a pu- man. puffy face issue. When Tucker Carlson gains weight in his face and nowhere else, you know, yes. he eats too many donuts. It goes right to his fucking face. I'm his, the same way though. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I am too. As you can see from some of my pictures, it looks like... You know what my nickname was? My dad called me this when I was a little boy. Oh, shit. I shouldn't say shit like this on the fucking show because then it becomes a <laughs> meme. My dad used to call me Chipmunk Cheeks. And, uh, oh, see, I was Chops. 
Oh, so, really? Oh, bless yeah. your heart. What, what, what was your nickname again? Chops. chops. My dad gave chops. me Chops. Chops. Yeah, oh, my God. Chops. Yeah. B- because of your, Actually, your you allegedly you puffy like face or what? Soccer yes. Picture? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I, was yeah, just I had, a, I had a very though. round face and, and I had kind of big cheeks. And so I was chopped. Yeah. I mean, I was the same way. I was born a very uh, cute Korean boy. And that was, <laughs> I swear to God, if you look at me and there's some pictures, man, where I just have giant moon face. <laughs> I was a little boy. And then the bowl haircut, black hair, right. bowl haircut, sure. big round face, puffy eyes. <laughs> No wonder. But I want everyone to go to that picture of you from your soccer team when you were ten. Oh yeah, yeah. And look at no, the it wasn't when I was ten. I was, I was I was fourteen. I think I was ninth 14? grade. Yeah. Okay, but your nose and mouth. I was just like, he looks like Claire Dane's big brother. <laughs> like seriously. Okay. Wow. No, go look at his nose and mouth in that picture and think about Claire Dane. I mean, it's like this. It's it's a little eerie to me. But That's funny. Like, I've never ever heard that before. I never thought it either until I saw that picture because you you know your face has gotten a lot more angular and plain. Yeah. Like well, that's funny because yeah, I mean, I I years ago when I finally lost all the weight that I gained mm-hmm. and I was buying cigarettes, I think, and and I got carded and I was so excited. And, oh yeah, um, yeah. So the lady looks at my driver's license picture, which at that point was like eight years old, and she looks up at me. She Oh, you've lost weight since then. Oh, thanks for noticing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Thank you. Yes, yeah. I have. I don't I wouldn't even know how to take dance that. a little dance of triumph though. Like It yeah. was a little dance of triumph, but it was like, yes, I have. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> I would have gone. <laughs> thanks, thanks for nothing, lady. I don't know. When I was she gave me the cigarettes, lot, so like nobody ever like tells you like you're like don't, don't I look do I look better? Hello, anyone? Hello, like I'm right. you know dying for a compliment here. I guess yeah. everyone's like he's already so swell headed, you know, like I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> yeah, but like oh, you're, man. you're desperate because it's a lot of work. Lose yeah. weight, journey. Yeah, it is. I mean it is, it a, is. a lot of work. It's hey, um, ask uh, Kimberly Johnson. How much work it it's is. It's hard work, man. It's really fucking hard work. It and, is. And, and, and anybody that says, oh, just do this or do that. No, no, no. Everybody, everybody is different, let alone everybody. Yep. And, and for me, uh, food diaries work and walking like a crazy person, the circumference of the globe every day. So... Oh, so walking That's like a crazy person me. means the distance that you're walking and not... You have some sort of special not crazy walk. A leg and a, I'm and a also crazy. <laughs> I walk like I have a crazy walk. I that burns more calories. You're taking a long walk with your beloved on the beach, and then you realize you're actually just dragging a mannequin through Wendy's parking yes. lot. Are you guys shaping me when I walk? That's so fucking funny. Yes, that's Jody Hamilton's. Oh, look, Jody Hamilton. There she is. is. Yeah, this, that woman looks very strange walking down the street. Oh, yeah, that's Jody Hamilton doing her that's crazy Jody. walk. It's just Jody. No, I it's funny. So the far. other day though, I went through because I go through this one neighborhood, right? And I'm on the phone with a friend of mine. Yeah. So I've got I'm double masked. I'm on, you know, I have earbuds in, so nobody can really tell. And then this couple <laughs> that I haven't seen in like a month or two, they're like, "We thought you moved. Where have you been?" Yeah. And my friend, I, my friend stopped talking. He goes, "You're just so popular." I said, "No, I'm just the crazy walking lady." <laughs> That's I got to tell you, yesterday I was sitting there in the 15-minute aftershock period waiting to see mm-hmm. if I was going to have a reaction to it. And this couple I know that I haven't seen in years, obviously, but they, especially after lockdown, came up and they were like, hey. And I was like, hey, Mary, hey, Joe. And then as soon as they walked away, I was like, 
is his name Joe or not? <laughs> like, and it, it totally was. Like, I got it right, but like in my, I had completely forgotten that sensation in the last year. Oh my god! Of, like my, your brain just being like, what is this person's name? And yes. the floor falls out from under you. Like, that is yeah. that is welcome so back often. to reality, yeah. brain. Yeah, that you is incompetent, useless thing. <laughs> welcome to my world, David. That is exactly what I do every time I say hello to someone. And it's someone I could have known for a decade and still be like. Oh shit! Did I just call her Sharon? Why did? Why would I do that? Why did I call him Sharon? What is that? His name. (laughs) Okay, postmortem show coming up next on our Patreon page. Thank you so much for those of you who are subscribing. For the rest of you, what are you waiting for? Patreon.com/slash Bob Seska Show. Support the show for five dollars a month. And you get the uh, postmortem show that we're about to do. Yeah, right I'm going to spill some tea up. on this postmortem show about someone we mentioned earlier because I feel like I need to say my piece. Oh, so good! I can't wait. So mud is about to get flung. Get folks. ready for that. Patreon.com/slash Bob Seska Show. See you over there, folks, and uh, we'll see you on the after party tomorrow too. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>